Listen to the word. In that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. And then from the book of Acts, this is after the resurrection. Peter now preaches to the crowd. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep, it, to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, my body also will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. And then from First uh, Peter, first chapter. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther was subject to long bouts of depression. The troubles of the world and all his personal difficulties, which were many, really got him down. And so he would descend into these black moods, and nobody could get him out of it. I mean, no amount of talking could ever get him out of that terrible mood of his. 
And so finally, his wife Katie had had enough. And so one day, she dressed in black mourning clothes with a mourning veil, and she went walking into Luther's study. And Luther was startled, to say the least. Why, Katie, what's wrong? Tell me. And Katie said, well, Martin, I, I thought sure that you would hear the, hear, have heard the news. There is a most tragic death. And Luther just, you know, took her to herself and said, well, what do you mean? Who died? And Katie said, well, didn't you hear? God died. I mean, he must have. Because you sit here in these long black moods, you don't say anything to anybody. God must be dead. Well, Martin Luther realized the absurdity of his mood. He just kind of threw back his head and he just kind of laughed. The scheme worked. Martin Luther realized that he had been living on the wrong side of Easter. He was living as though it were still Good Friday. But on the first day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive and he lives forevermore. Pope John Paul II once said, Don't abandon yourself to despair. We are the Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. So, who are the Easter people? Well, they are a glad and they are a happy people. There's a story that comes out of China during the era of great missionary advance. A provincial official was sent to investigate problems in the villages in China uh, and because the authorities were concerned about conversions to Christianity. And uh, so he went to the, the, the chief of this one village, mayor of the village, and, and, and asked, Do you have Christians in your village? And the man replied, that little leader replied, oh, yes, sir, uh, there are Christians here. And the official looked out, out the window of the man's house and, and said, well, are there any out there right now? Yes, sir, there are. How are, you, how are you certain? They have no special way of dressing, nothing obvious to tell me that, they are, that there are Christians in your village. How do you know who the Christians are and who are not? Oh, sir, that's easy, said the mayor. The Christians are the happy ones. I had the privilege to visit China a few years ago and visited in an officially unregistered and therefore illegal Christian church, which oddly enough was situated above a police station. But the police knew exactly what was going on, and, and you know, it was, they put the police station there just to monitor the situation. But they couldn't close the church down outright because the pastor had such international reputation. Apparently, he was a pretty good friend of Ronald Reagan at the time. This trip was a long time ago, I guess now. <laughs> but it's certainly vivid in my memory. And so as I listened to Pastor Samuel Lamb tell of his harrowing experiences in the labor camp, you know, he was sent to labor camp because he dared to share his faith. And uh, I was listening to him. He was talking about how he had lost his fingers, and he, you know, he showed us his hands, and there were only like two or three fingers on each hand. He was, his task was to join coal cars together. 
And then he talked about, you know, how the authorities, they knew that they were there, obviously, and so they were always raiding the church, taking out hymnals, overturning chairs, taking Bibles out, just trying to make life miserable. But as he was talking, I was, I just remember thinking, how can this guy be so happy? I mean, he was smiling, he was joyful, he was of good humor, he was optimistic, he was positive. And so I just, you know, I just had to wonder, how can this guy, having experienced all this, be like that? Well, could it be that Pastor Samuel Lamb is one of the Easter people because he knows the Lord is alive? He knows that God is sovereign, not the communists. So what, is he, what did he have to worry about? He knew that he was in the hands of God. He knew that the church was in the hands of God. Who was there to fear? Easter people are supremely happy people, for they know that every morning is Easter morning and every day is Resurrection Day. And they know that despite all the trials of life and all the suffering, all the troubles, the living Lord will sustain them and will see them through. And so the Apostle Paul can write to Christians who were enduring incredible suffering and persecution. He can write to them this letter. We read from the New International Version, but now I read from Peterson's more modern English. And I love the way that this reads. This is Peter's words to a suffering church. What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing because you kept on believing you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. Easter people are glad and happy people. Laughing and singing ring out. Hallelujah is their song. The Easter people are also a transformed and transforming people. They know that in Christ, their new life has begun. The past with all its regret and all its guilt and shame, that's all over and gone. That's ancient history. They know that the Lord has forgiven them and has given them a clean slate and a fresh start. And that future, which once looked so grim and hopeless, was now totally open open to God's promise, open to God's blessings, to God's glorious future. So you look at somebody like Peter, okay, who betrayed Jesus three times. That guy failed miserably. Think of the guilt and the regret that he had to deal with after the crucifixion. Think of the, all the disciples. They all ran away, everybody. In a sense, they all betrayed him. Think of their guilt and their shame. 
And then later on, of course, you have the Apostle Paul who persecuted the church. He too had guilt and shame to overcome. But in each case, the risen Lord came to them and forgave them and set them free to live a new life. He gave them a fresh start. He made of them new people. They were indeed a new creation. God breathed life into them and changed them forever. And the Spirit of the Lord, the risen Christ, has been changing people ever since. Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is past and gone. The new has come. So the living Lord turns, I kind of like this analogy, it's an old one. The living Lord turns caterpillars into butterflies. So that instead of crawling through life in sin and despair, he makes it possible to fly into new realms of true freedom and peace and new life. And that begins when we give ourselves over to the risen Christ in faith and trust, giving him first place in our lives, in our hearts. Easter people are a glad and happy people. They know that they've been given a fresh start in life. All is new. The new life has begun. The future is open, full of promise for those who trust in the risen Christ and know that he is there for them always, even to the end of the age. And the Easter people are a witnessing people. For when Jesus appeared alive to his disciples, they couldn't wait to tell the good news to their friends and to their neighbors. In fact, they literally went to the ends of the earth. Peter told the crowd, this Jesus God raised up, and of all of that, we are witnesses. And the book of Acts tells of their eagerness to share the good news of Jesus' resurrection. There's a, an ancient story of four men who were walking through um, the forest, and they came upon this huge wall. I mean, they couldn't see the end of it, where it ended. It was a huge wall. And the men were naturally curious to know what was on the other side. And so they, they built a ladder, put the ladder against the wall. The first man climbed up, and he cried out with delight. And he jumped over. The second man climbed the ladder, looked out over the wall. Same thing, cried out with delight, with joy jumped over. The third man, too. Fourth man climbed the ladder, looked out over the wall, and his eyes found, you know, rich bounty of the land. There were beautiful fruit trees in bloom, and there was fruit on on the fruit trees, and, and there was an abundance of game, and there, the streams were full of fish. I mean, it was a glorious place, and he, like the others, was tempted to jump over the wall. But then the thought occurred to him, you know, this place is so good. I need to go back to my family and to my friends, and I need to show them the way so that we can jump together. Easter people who know that Jesus is alive, who know him to be their king, their sovereign, 
who have experienced the richness and the wonder of life in Christ simply can't keep it to themselves. They share it with the people they care about, and hopefully we care about all people. The good news is too good to keep it to ourselves. And so you and I are all witnesses in word and in deed. We say what the apostle said. The Lord is alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And you can know him today and you can follow him. So, uh, how about you and me? Are, are we among the Easter people? Are we a glad and happy people? Are we being made new and different people? Are you and I truly witnessing to others, sharing the good news of a risen Jesus in word and deed with all those we meet? If not, then we could be living on the wrong side of Easter. God's story did not end with Good Friday. And yet sometimes we act and think as though that were the case. The Lord is alive, not dead. So let me suggest that we give ourselves anew to the risen Christ in an act of personal commitment that we... And that we remind ourselves every morning upon waking up that every morning is Easter morning and every day is Resurrection Day because, as I've been saying, as I said last week, Easter is a continual reality. It's not just a long-ago, you know, past event or a once-a-year celebration. It's a continuing reality. And if you are feeling depressed by the state of the world, and by your life, if you're feeling down, if you're all stressed out and you feel like your life is out of control, then say to yourself, Happy Easter! Christ is risen! He is risen indeed! He is alive and because He lives, we shall live also. If Christ is alive... And if he rules the world, whom do we have to fear? Hallelujah is our song. Let's pray together. Gracious God, man, how we pray that, that we would live the reality of Easter every day. Every morning upon waking up, we would realize how you have transformed the world and you have transformed our lives. We want to live as your Easter people, so may it be. Thank you for all that you've brought into our lives, meaning and purpose, forgiveness, new starts, new beginnings. Lord, we thank you. And we thank you for the power that we have within. For you, by your spirit, you indwell us. We pray, Lord, that more and more we would follow your lead and so enter into abundance of life. For you have promised that. To know you is to have life indeed. To you be all praise and glory, our living Lord and our Savior. Amen.